I'm Chase. And I'm Timothy. And this is Customer Service. Brondito. These are getting weirder and weirder. I know. <laughs> I thought for sure I was setting you up for another yeehaw with that one. Oh, no. A yeah. yeehaw moment. Yeah. Ye- well, pal, how are, how are you living? You feeling good? Yeah, it's good. Okay. Had, a, had a good morning. Drinking a little nice Keurig out. coffee. Yeah. Yeah, we bullshitted out on the sidewalk a little bit this morning. That yeah, was nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nice to be back outside a little bit because it's been just like, we don't really in Boulder, normally we're so spoiled that it's like always sunny, even if it snows, it mm-hmm, kind of goes away. Mm-hmm. Things have just been hanging out. It's like when I'm living in Indiana. It's just, it's very like, ugh, kind of gray. This winter was like pretty severe Long compared to other ones. That it I've just hung out too. more than usual. We yeah. usually get, a, we're lucky we get a million breaks. It's not like yeah. me living in Chicago where it was like winter lasted for eight months easy. Yeah. Yeah. No, November no, didn't through see the sky. April. Yeah. Snow always on the ground. Ice everywhere. This it's different here, but this one has been a little bit like longer yeah. and like darker than the past. So. Yeah, and and also like you said, Boulder. It's it's feel. I feel like it's. I don't know. We just don't get. We don't get a taste of those in betweens. You yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're forty five, sixty degree. Yeah. I feel like it goes from ninety eight degrees for a month and a half to thirty five. Yeah. The fall hardly exists. Spring hardly exists. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm really gonna when we're, nice. when we're done with this pod. I'm gonna go step outside. Just take a little. Take a take little bit a of sun. Yeah. Well, before we do that, let's go ahead and talk about who we've got on the podcast today. These are our friends from the brand Samuel Zelig. Zelig. I think I think that we should have confirmed that with them. He, they today. said it. I would. I say Zelig. I Zelig. Zelig is Zelig. Yeah, that's. that's that, I'm, I think that's how I remember. Yeah. So w- this is a brand that. They reached out to us. They sent us a sample. This was during COVID. This is a tough time for a new brand because mm-hmm. people weren't bringing in new brands. Budgets were getting cut. We we were yeah. we were we were hitting online hard, but we were focused on what we were doing. We weren't really focused on a lot of newness and stuff like that at the time. And it was one of these things where just uh, I had the sample. I was like, oh, this is beautiful stuff. Felt I mean, good. really, like really, like this is a this is this is they're not joking around. This is this is a really well thought out piece and. Sat at the shop for a couple of days. Every single person that passed it in the back was like, damn, what is this? This is sick. And like, it's, it's like, it, you'd, it was kind of a piece that the more you looked at it, the more you found out about it. You know what I mean? The more mm-hmm. like everyone mm-hmm. sort of picked out a different drawing on it or a different, like pointed out a different element of like the fit or the fabric or the, you know, whatever yeah. it is. And it was just like, so we brought it in, we gave it a try. People responded to it so fast and it sold out so quickly. And then it's continued to do so well for us. And we're so excited about like where they're heading. Yeah. And I think it was just the right time because it's funny. We, we, we talked at the top of the, uh, the top of the key about, um, about like how, you know, it was interesting meeting. We were meeting face to face for the first time while we, while we set things up and we haven't, I've never seen these guys, you know what I mean? Like I've talked to them a million times via text, via on the phone, email, but I've just never seen them. So it was cool to connect at the beginning. Um, and just, then it was just cool to just like take it sometimes with all these brands, like you go and you do your business. So you call them and you do your business, then you're out. You know what Mm -hmm, I mean? You don't always, mm -hmm. you know about the brain, but you don't know about the people. It was really fun to get to know these guys as people. They, were so fun to talk to and they're interesting and they yep. just seem like cool guys that are just grinding it out and like, you know, have a real, real vision for what they're doing. So it was very cool. It seemed like, and I, and again, we only spoke, spoke to them for a minute, but they've got kind of a similar vibe to you and I. It's kind yeah. of like a, 
but the looks were reversed. Yeah, the looks were reversed, but yeah, similar vibes. But yeah, dudes were cool. I think the, the the thing that stood out to me was when we first got that brand back to the sample is like, or when we first got the run too. It was one of those things where I feel like everybody that came in the store, that was the one that, where they'd come and be like, "What? Tell me about." This. Yeah, like, this is crazy. It really invite, and you know, we, we we make a good point in here, and I won't spoil it, but about the like kind of like the high and low of what they're doing that sort of invites everyone to participate with it, and it's like I just think it just catches so many people just right, and it's I think what they're doing is really special and unique, um, and uh, I think that we should let them take it from here. But yeah, it was a really cool conversation. I was hyped to get to chat with them for longer than. 20 minutes about business. So yep. yeah, it's cool to get to know him. So I think you guys will like it too. So um, let's not, well, here we go. Let's, let's get right yep. into it. Dylan and Jonathan from Samuel Zalig. Let's go. So you were, you're born and raised in LA. Yeah, we're both born and raised in LA. Oh, Sick. Cool, What's cool. it like growing up in LA is like, I mean, we're both, the reason I ask is so we're both from like Indiana and Ohio. So you guys' experience has to be different uh-huh, than ours. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think it's a, I mean, it's a great experience. You have so much you can do in like one day. Like, um, I had a lot of friends that would go like snowboarding in, uh, the morning and then go surfing in the afternoon, which was kind of crazy. Jesus. Is snowboarding you up to, is the closest resort like Big Bear? Is it like, yeah, like Mountain High, uh, Big Bear. Um, yeah. and then obviously, you know, got great restaurants, shopping, hiking, it just kind of like an all in one sort of spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got to ask, this is going to make Timothy's skin crawl, but either you guys into gardening? Uh, I, I try. I don't really yeah. have a, a green thumb, but I try really hard. I, I am into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that's kind of the zone. You can, you can grow everything there. Yeah, yeah, you really can. I've not been successful with it. My mom is great with all that stuff. Like whenever I visit family, um, they, they have like quite a, a range of fruits and vegetables growing. God, uh, what a dream. What a dream. But yeah, I, I like I kill any plant I have. I think I had succulents at my last apartment and those things were long gone. And that's supposed to be like the easiest thing to me. <laughs> Mommy, he's rocking with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I just like, it's not, he's, because he says it's going to make my skin crawl. I don't mind that people garden or whatever. It's just like, I just would never. I don't care what <laughs> atmosphere I live in or whatever. I'm just not going to, there's no chance that I grow four green beans and it takes me <laughs> d- d- literally months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think of the sorts over here, you know? <laughs> yeah. We were joking around because last time, see, we were talking about how, like, this one, this one kid that we that we used to work with that was on the podcast, he was telling us, like, he's like, oh, yeah, like, uh, you know, I volunteer at this farm or whatever, and then I can I can bring you all this produce. And he brought it to me, like, not long ago, and he's like, just make sure they told us you got to wash the living hell out of it, otherwise <laughs> you're going to get super sick. And I was like, well, this is, this is not a gift. <laughs> this is a curse. Now I have to – now and now no matter what I do, I'm going to – to be concerned that I'm going to get sick yeah. eating this. Yeah. yeah. I like, I think I like the idea more than actually doing it, but I do have a lot of friends, like their dreams are to own like permaculture farms. Like hey, it's not yeah. um, to hear, to hear that out here. Yep. It's funny. Cause it's like, I, we, I would say like, I think that Chase just doesn't do a lot of outside stuff. So this is like his outside. This is thing. what I do outside. Yeah. I'm, Got I'm, it. I'll be <laughs> damned if you see me hiking. See, I like I like a good hike, but I like going on the hikes where like, you know, it's just like moms on the phone the whole time because that's pretty much what I'm doing, just rolling calls while yeah, walking yeah, up yeah. a very light incline. Yeah, yeah. Do you guys like ski and snowboard and stuff in the in the winter? 
Um, I've been, I, so like Timothy said, he's from Indianapolis area, Fort Wayne kind of, I'm from Cleveland. So we used to drive up to like Southwestern New York to snowboard when I was younger. And mm. I would say like for a period of my life, like I took that very seriously, but I've lived out here for seven years now and I've only snowboarded once. Um, it's just oh, like, wow. it's a lot, dude. It's a lot of logistics. I got like a little, I have a 2016 Honda Civic. So like I'm not driving in a snowstorm two hours to well, wait in lines to too, snowboard. It's also nuts here from what I understand. Like they were saying like 20,000 people up at what winter park or oh, something yeah, last yeah. week. And it's like, it's like you go and just like, you're just waiting in line. So you got to have a lot of free time. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's super expensive. Yeah. It's like the most expensive sport. Yeah. And destination to just for, for a little bit of that. For a taste, for a taste of the wind hit in your face, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can go up there and go one time. Well, and I always say, like, now it's like, so I grew up in Indiana. It's like, I can't, we didn't, we didn't, nobody skied. I've never heard of anyone. We'd go down, there was a park near us that we would sled down, but you were up and down that hill in four seconds, and that was the biggest one in the town. So it's like, we we just didn't grow up doing it. I mean, we skateboarded and all Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. stuff, but we just never, nothing was snow or, you know, besides sledding, I guess. And then, like, I come out here, and it's a whole thing, and they're like, you gotta go. And I'm like, I'm sure it kicks out compared to what I grew up with but like I'm also in my 30s if I go learn that now can you, I just can't imagine myself like pizzaing down a kitty hill with a bunch of like four-year-olds that are ripping yeah because they grew up here and it's like I just can't do it I just it's gonna be such a hurdle yeah. and I don't want it bad enough do you yeah. guys ride um I yeah I grew up pretty much like going to mammoth and big bear um but I have a one-year-old now, so I haven't been doing much as of recent. Um, oh, jump- I know where you're coming from, pal. Yeah. yeah, and I and I pretty much don't do any of that stuff. I'm like a major homebody. Uh, never really picked up on like skateboarding, snowboarding, any of the boarding. I would sled in like <laughs> like yeah, mountain high or like Big Bear when I was uh, maybe like ten or eleven. Um, but yeah. I I describe myself as like a feet fully on the ground type of guy. Respect. Yeah. 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 I get that. <laughs> I'll be like, you guys have fun. I'll, I'll watch you from up on the hill. Same, yeah, yeah. bro. I love the idea. If someone was like, you got to come up skiing, but you can just like hang out in the lodge while we go do that. I'm like, that sounds great. You know what I mean? I'll hit the sauna. People we'll watch. Get a, we'll get a drink at the bar. They'll be back. I'll be feeling great. They'll be haggard. I'm fine <laughs> with that. Yeah, I'll cheer you guys on from the window. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll cheerlead this event, but I'm not. I don't need to do. You know what else? Like when I think about the anxiety that I know I would have trying to get on a ski lift, or and then yeah. dropping something off the ski lift. Like th- th- I'd have zero fun. It would be constant worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When I w- when I was in high school, I saw some kid fall off the lift. Like up high? Like uh, probably like 25 feet. Yeah. They shut that. They shut that lift down for the rest of the day. I wonder how that kid's doing. I I don't think. I don't know. He may. He might be paralyzed. I don't know. Shout out! Shout out to that kid. Shout out! Yeah. (laughs) Goodness gracious. So listen, because I think you guys, like, you guys have been growing a ton. Obviously, the the brand. I feel like since even we started with you guys. But like, I I don't know. Like, where? So obviously, we know where you guys are from. But like, tell us. Tell us about yourself. Like, how did you get into this? Like, where did you guys come from to to start? Uh, same as you like yeah we both met working for a designer um in a in highland park in la Uh, we were both interns there and um i was in culinary school before 
and did like one kind of shift at a restaurant just got absolutely demolished and got thrown into like a existential crisis. And I was like, what the fuck do I want to do? And I randomly met this guy who owned the shop and that's where I met Jonathan. Yeah. Oh, that's a wild. I mean, like, what was it like fine dining or what was the situation? It was like, yeah, it was like new American like dining, and I was like working the cold station and there was, I'd only like shucked oysters, I think like one time in my life. And uh, there was like 10 orders of oysters and the dude was standing behind me just watching me, I think for like 30 minutes trying to shuck one oyster and he's just, (laughs) just get the fuck out of my way. And I was was like, (laughs) the intensity of like restaurant, the restaurant world is I really, I understand that I probably wouldn't want to work in it, but I love hearing things like this. Yeah. 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 It is. They're the hardest working people. And I I turned to the, this dude, he was a line cook and he, and I was like, how long you been working here, man? Like, you don't mind me asking. And he's like, 10 years, bro. And I was like, Jesus. Well, a lifer. Yeah. And it's like, I was like, hey, this might be personal, but like, how much do you get paid? And his answer was extremely low. And I was like, 10 years. And this dude's like grinding, like harder than anyone I know. And I was trying like, to like, trying to like climb the ladder or is that? Yeah, like- he's like, I'm going to be sous chef one day. And okay. You can yeah. And like it was never going to happen. And I was like, oh, yeah. Whoa. That's what I'm saying. Like it's like it that it requires a passion and like drive that feels it feels more similar to like but but like like physically harder than like acting or something. Like you just have to get beat the fuck mm-hmm. up and keep going. Well, also on top of that, like sure the work sucks and it's really intense and I feel like there's definitely like you said it sent you into a spiral. I could I could totally see that. But on top of that, you have to be willing to I think in most situations to like work at night. And that's that's your nights are just accounted for most nights out of the week and you go to bed super fucking late and I like that just seems like it's a crazy, nightmare yeah. all around. Yeah, I have friends that are still doing it and um they're a different breed, different yeah. breed of human. It's it's just a very specific type of lifestyle where you thrive off of that crazy, hectic energy that's happening all the time. And, and knowing that you're just, I guess, a part of all of these crazy moving parts and, and you need to keep your shit together through all of it. I don't, I don't think I could even hold up very long with that type yeah. of thing either. Yeah, it's nuts. <laughs> Never attempted. Never attempted. Yeah. So like, so, so what made you guys like, what attracted you guys each to each other to like, like make a business? You know what I mean? Like, did you guys just work well together? Kind of have a similar view? Like, how did you get things going from just working together? Yeah, I think, well, what was kind of going on with this last, um, like company we were working at was, it just seemed like things were a little bit like on the decline, um, the, our boss was taking on more uh, costume-based uh, commissions and small production runs for things not really for his own line. And we were kind of managing production, doing like die house runs and like working with the sewing contractors all around LA. And we just had this like trial run of about a year of working together. And we just saw that there was just so much of what we wanted to do with that current company um, aligned between the two of us. And we almost realized like, Oh, Hey, we're kind of running most of this. Maybe we could just do this. The two of us like do our own thing. Um, So there was, it felt like there was a lot of time to really be sure about it. And then, and then by the time 
uh, I think January rolled around, uh, we were officially starting development on Samuel Zalig. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's wild that I think that like sometimes when you work like pretty hectic jobs with people, you kind of bond them in sort of a different way. And when you can see that sort of like back end of things, you can really see like, oh, I see sort of like a clear path if you have like a vision to attach to it. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think what we both loved about this industry is like just characters. Like there's not a boring day, you know? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. contractors, fabric salesmen, you know, it's just like you get the, it feels like the wild, wild west. And there's a part of LA, I'm not sure if you guys have, have been, but it's called Vernon or like Huntington Park. Yeah. Yeah. All the contractors are. And there's just like dirt roads and like, it just, you'll see like an abandoned building with like rocks thrown through the windows and you're like, and you know, somebody's pulled in there like, this is the address for the contractor. And you're like, okay. And you're kind of trying to find your way into this building. It looks like haunted. And you just, you know, you, you go through like a narrow hallway with like a flickering light and like a really gnarly smell. And there's no way this is it. And then you open yeah, yeah, yeah. full fledged operation happening and they're sewing like Louis Vuitton. And you're like, what the yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's such a trip every time. I'm like, are you sure this is the place? And, <laughs> and without it, fail, it's, it's, it never, never fails to impress. If it doesn't look like that, then it's not a good <laughs> not good. Yeah, bro. Like one time, like when I was working in a different like avenue of this thing, I, I, we were working with this, this like, it wasn't really a brand. They, 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 we were getting vintage like fatigues, like army fatigues from them. And they had tons of them and we were selling them and they were selling them to us for really cheap and they were super cool. We were able to get this like decent markup, which in this industry is difficult. And this stuff was super high quality and great. And the person I was emailing with was like very short emails. It was basically just send me your credit card and I would have to like photo it and send it to him. And he'd charge me randomly. And like, it was just this weird circumstance. And I was like, listen, I think we can grow this business by like a lot with you guys, but you'd have to be like, he's like, well, yeah, let's, let's do that. Why don't you just come out? And, he, and I was like, where are you, where are you at? And he's like, I'm in uh, this part of Texas. It's, I don't remember the name of the town. It's a tiny town. And I was like, okay. And I was like, where would I have to fly to? It was this weird town I had to fly to. And then we went down there. He brings me to this warehouse. It's like you're saying, it's middle of, middle of the like desert. There's just like dogs running around and shit. <laughs> and we go in and it's like, all right, this is the guy. It, he comes out. He looks like he looks like Dog the Bounty Hunter. Sick. He he shows us. He's like, yeah, he goes. It, he takes us into this room. This is where we this, these are where all the pants and the tops we were getting from him were literally just like floor to ceiling. He's like, that's all that stuff, blah, blah, blah. We used to have these military contracts. They ran out, but they they're paying me for the next 15 years anyway. So I'm just sort of I got to keep it open. So I basically just have to come here, turn the lights on once a day and then leave. And, I, you know, I get my check and we're like, that's pretty <laughs> wild. And, and I so I noticed something on his desk. And he has like a roll of like, you know, like the um, Tom Brown, like what they put on their shoes, like the little tape, the little like red, white and blue tape. strip. Yeah. And yeah. I said, yeah, man, what is this for? And because I see that it says Tom Brown on the top of it. He's like, oh, you know, these these guys from New York were trying to do, I don't know, something with me. I didn't want to do it. I wouldn't alter the pattern. I don't do that shit anymore. We don't even have people in the factory anymore. I don't know. He goes, so there's just some. <laughs> 
fashion thing. I don't know what it is. I'm not working with them. They're, I don't. I don't want it. They all. They want to change my stuff. I don't do that. And we're like, probably we're like, you know, do you know what that is? And he's like, I told you, I don't know. Some guys from New York. And I was like, st- I was like, Dan, this guy's turning down Tom doesn't Brown because he doesn't. He doesn't want to change a pattern. So oh yeah, I think you're right. I feel like the the, the real the, the amount of like freaks you you meet in this industry yeah. is wild. Yeah. Creatures. Yeah. yeah, that reminds me of one time. I think it was probably the scariest incident is uh we were trying to find um somebody to do small runs uh of some pieces and we got given this address in like a part of downtown that like looked like it popped up overnight like we've driven through this spot like multiple times yeah there's nothing ever there we're like there's no way this existed prior to us driving out here they they like reinvented the video game map we go to this (laughs) (laughs) reloaded weird like very just bizarre uh little building and um it was like almost like a dentist's office waiting room from like the 80s or something and it was just like i had i was like i just have a bad feeling about this place like this doesn't this feel weird so finally we meet with the contractor something out of like it was like a horror movie and he takes us in the back and um he had a in this super just like random spot like it was a fully stocked bar like pretty much like 30 feet wide by like 12 feet high of just like just alcohol and then like he had one sewer next to it um super dimly lit and uh it w- i was just like <laughs> turning to jonathan like what is this <laughs> and um finally I'm like, all right, man, like, uh, thank you so much. And as we're walking out, he sees that I'm looking at this door that's shut. And he's like, you can go in there. It's okay. And I'm, <laughs> like, uh, I'm all right. And then we like leave, like sprint to the car, like get in the car, drive away. And that place is no longer there. Whoa. You mean the building's gone or like? No, the building's there, but he's, it's like abandoned now. Did, did, when you went in there, did you get the idea that it, he was squatting? You know what I'm saying? No, because they had like sewing machines. They had everything. Everything was like set up. There was like a couple like employees there too. But oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it just felt like this oddly pulled together operation, and and maybe he did do sewing, but we really weren't trying to stick around to figure that out, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> God, I'm going to think about falling asleep tonight. What's behind that door? (laughs) (laughs) I was just going to say, like, the fact that you took us down this road and you didn't look in that door. (laughs) You got to wonder. You got to wonder because he gave you permission. Uh, talking to you guys. Yeah. And I'd be, wit- I'd be witness to whatever events and I don't think. <laughs> yeah. Traumatized. The uh, designs and the clothes would be, I'll have a whole, whole other message. Yeah. Interesting. So guys, where, where does the, where, I, I think I've read, but let me, let's just confirm it. Where does the name come from? Uh, so it's both of our middle names. Uh, my middle name is Samuel. Jonathan's middle name is Zalig. And uh, it's both of our great grand father's names on our mom's side and originally we were trying to we were like workshopping names and like every single name was had a trademark on it it was yeah. like, and uh we we're like let's just pick something that is very different and we can get it very easily we can get the trademark very easily yeah get the website instagram yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, it so yeah. an, it's an it's an interesting name, and then like well, I and I and I that's what I had read that it, that it had to do with your grandfather's, and I was wondering like so so my grandfather was an immigrant from Italy. He started a, like a tile and terrazzo company in Indiana, and then like hired a bunch of his brothers and cousins and stuff to work at it, and that was like something I grew up in. Um, that like my my mom worked there, my uncle worked there, my grandpa, my grandma, like my aunt was like the receptionist for a long time. Like I could have grew up around that, and it had like such a big impact on like I think it's like my wife works here we work together I, like everyone here is sort of like family to me mm-hmm. like it's I think it's like ingrained in me from him and he was a super hard worker and I feel like I've got the same in myself like I feel like I learned a lot from like that experience like what because you named yourself after your grandfather's like what what kind of impact did they have on you or what or, do you, or, or did they do you think that like that any of this comes from from that yeah I mean um so it was my, so it was our great grandfather. So I didn't know him very well, but oh, okay. I gathered, he like my mom, it was my mom's grandfather and um, everyone just referred to him as like the, such a good human being, just like the nicest, sweetest guy. Yeah. Um, and I think you kind of with the, on your side. As well, yeah. Yeah. The same, same with my, with on my side of the family, um, they came to New York, uh, like, um, Ellis Island, yeah, through Ellis are, Island after, after World War II, um, they were like Polish Jews. Um, and so they, they like made it out. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I didn't really know too much else about him. Like growing up, my mom was telling me like, um, both her grandparents were like grocery shop owners. So she like, I think because of that has such an attachment to like, specialty like grocery shopping and all that so i also grew up going to like all those shops and all that but um yeah i mean all around i've i've heard nothing but but good things and that the the rest of the family is very very proud that we've uh we've like named it kind of as an homage to both of them that's really cool that's really cool actually your i think it's your great-grandfather right wearing like a double v crew neck yeah, yeah, he's like he's like wearing like a pretty pretty cool uh, like sweatshirt and chino little kit going on. Um, there you go. Yeah, we were thinking of actually like doing an illustration of that, maybe putting it on on a future piece. Oh, fun. sick. Well, I guess that's like, you know, because obviously it feels like a lot of the brand is inspired by like a lot of vintage stuff. And um, like what like for you guys like where do where do you feel like a lot of the inspirations and designs are are coming from i mean i know you've given me a little bit of that information personally um but like where where like cuz i know you got you guys are artists right cuz you guys do all the art in house right yeah yeah we do um yeah but we're i think in the beginning we were you know trying to find our our voice and um finally you know we landed on the idea of pretty much just sweatshirts and a lot of the inspiration comes from like vintage sweatshirts from the thirties through fifties. And a lot of people, you know, during that time would like customize their, their sweatshirts in cool ways. Like you had those like vintage military crew necks that people would draw on kind of like a yearbook. Um, Oh, cool. Yeah. We really leaned into, uh, you know, embroidery and different forms of like applique, but we kind of wanted to, and I mean, you've seen the collection out from Line Sheets, but I know like mm-hmm. our customers haven't. So they don't really know what's coming, but <laughs> you've kind of seen all the the different stuff uh, that we've got coming out. Um, but we we wanted to really 
kind of create almost like an itemized brand. Um, and right now we're just doing sweatshirts. I'm going to branch out from there, but wanted to pick something that just felt very universal, like everyone wears. Um, and you can still apply all the, the forms of, of artwork that, that we would like to it. Yeah. Like mess around with different application um, processes. Like you know, on those vintage pieces, they'd use sometimes uh, felt lettering and then mm -hmm. Times it would be kind of like uh, things like you know combinations of screen prints, but then repairs that would happen over time too, and chain stitching, and um, yes, yeah, sweatshirts are just such a fun, simple uh, like canvas to, to like add all of those cool little things to try out, and then you know as as like we we grow things, you know we'll we'll kind of know how to do it all if we if we decide to do wovens later down the line well i think it's funny because it's like the the pieces that you guys are like you're saying you're putting it on something common like something that everybody everybody wears sweatshirts and sweatpants and hoodies and everything but like the design is pretty like it's it's head turning i mean when you see it i mean i think people instantly connect with it but it's like it, it, it there's a lot going on it's kind of uh it, it, it feels kind of collage-y. And I actually wondered when I look at the pieces, because it looks sort of collage-y, I, I have to assume that there's a lot of thought that goes into these, like what you're choosing to include in this thing. Are the pieces like telling a story or are they more like just like aesthetically what you think looks great together? Um, it's definitely telling a story. Um, you know, every piece we design, we kind of start with a, a theme and, and try and, pull from our own like personal experiences and create artwork um, that that really ties in with that. Um, but for like the cycling piece, for example, the red crew neck. Mm. Originally saw a photo and looked like a, maybe like an Ivy League student on a bicycle with two of his friends and they're just chatting and he's in like a red, just like a polo t-shirt. And we kind of thought like these students look like they could belong to some sort of like cycling club. And uh, from there, you know, we really just ran with it. Like, what, what would that look like? Um, and, you know, like Sycamore is like the street that our studio is on. Oh, cool. Um, and we just wanted to feel like this piece that um, was customized by like one cyclist that belonged to the club. So you have like maybe they did the embroidery of the cyclist and then later chain stitched, you know, Sycamore Cycling Club on there. And then over time started collecting patches that felt wow. like had some yeah, yeah. to that person. And, you know, for every milestone they hit, maybe added something along the way. Um, so you're really like kind of creating a, you're creating a, 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 like a story out of a person that like, that's wearing the item, not, right? yeah. Like kind of like, cause I feel like normally you sort of go from the opposite. You create something that someone can live inside. You're more creating it from the aspect of like, this there's a person that owned this item and mm -hmm. made it like this. That's really cool. Yeah, because we we look at like real you know true vintage, and we're always like, how did this piece end up that cool? Like it's so special, it's so one of a kind. It has the writing, it has some repairs, it has some you know some cool like hand stitching or chain stitching, and we're yeah. like. What's what's like a story that makes sense when we're designing this piece of how it ended up that way? And it's yeah. like the way with that we've been starting to learn to work because um, even with the current stuff that we've shown you guys, 
we're like, we want to take it a step further. Like we want it to feel like even truer to vintage, um, the amount of steps and like the seam finishing and construction, um, just leaning into something that you're like, I honestly can't tell the difference at this point. Yeah. And, yeah. It's like foundation of, of just the piece itself. It's like, um, without the artwork, it's, we try and source the highest quality fabric, you know, so we get our, our fabric from Japan and the sewing, um, uh, is done in LA and, uh, and you guys already know all the interesting uh, situations we have to go through to find the best places in LA to sell. So, yeah, oh, yeah. You, wanted, yeah. you were you were you were disappointed that it wasn't hard enough, so you went to Japan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and just with the construction of the pieces, it's like we like to go that extra step, and um, you know, not just find the cheapest way to sew it. We want to really go the extra mile, so it's something that will last. You know, kind yeah, of like an heirloom. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of the brands you carry, like, I think have that aspect to it as well. Like Orslo, for example, um, you know, it's like their clothing is really meant to be worn and, and passed down for generations, uh, which is such a cool thing. You know, there's not a lot of clothing brands that really take that extra step to make something that's going to be built to, to stand the test of time. Well, it's funny, guys, because when you, before we started working together, you had sent us a sample. And the sample is what changed my mind, not changed my mind, because I didn't have an opinion on the brand, obviously, but like, but, but what made me like reach out to you guys and say we should do something because the putting, it would be easy, not easy, but to do what you're doing and put that on cheaper material and get, because it's going to be striking, you could likely get a much higher markup by putting it on lower quality a lower quality like fabric and quite frankly i don't know if if you were just selling online that anyone would really notice the difference at least at first you know what i'm saying and what i what as soon as i like held the held the fabric understood like how it was being embroidered because it looks printed online that's another thing you can't always tell but it's embroidered mm-hmm. and it like all those steps make for an item that's going to last a long time and truly get better and especially if you're going off of this sort of like vintage aesthetic that's like you know kind of like like a lot of those like i guess when i looked at it i thought of like the old like uh you know like a purdue pants like you were saying like the kids at purdue would you know customize it's like the reason those look so great the reason those have become iconic and heirloom is because they were made from high quality materials like not skimping on how they were making things and and you can put it through the ringer and it just keeps looking better and it was like oh if you took all the steps to do that like you guys understand what we're doing too and i think that really even though you can't always tell that just in photos you can really tell the level of detail and the level of like importance all this has on you guys when you see that when you see the stuff in person yeah thank you yeah it was it was very interesting i think for us to launch during covid because that's one of those hurdles we were trying to get over is to like we totally felt you know the same way you were saying where we always felt with our product like our customer you know has to see it in person the stores we want to sell to they have to see it in person they have to touch it feel it and the the thing that sucked is like no shows were really happening during the time we were designing a lot of this stuff or and showrooms were kind of also a bit dead too like we would Mm -hmm. circle around showrooms around downtown LA and they'd be completely empty where we're like where do we even meet with like the you know the rep for the showroom it was so dead around there yeah yeah it was like we really built you know our the start of our business 
off of, you know, like stores like you guys that just were like, yeah, like let's see it in person and let's run with it, you know? Uh, yeah. And that's, that's kind of all, all it was to, to get things happening. Yeah. And also it, uh, circling back to, you mentioned, you're not just doing the, uh, not finding the, the cheapest sort of sewing and embroidery and fabric. But I also want to echo that statement that it definitely shows at up until probably like three months ago, we actually had a, like a singer one, one, four W one Oh three, which is like the OG, um, like top feeding chain stitch machine. Mm-hmm. And so I was, I, I kind of like learned how to do that at the shop early on. And we were trying to like embroider capital bandanas for people and, you know, just shit like that, just like little custom things. And we've since sold the machine, but it's incredibly, incredibly hard to like execute that even with that machine. So, but it really shows in your guys' garments. Like uh, that's the thing that I'm most drawn to in terms of like the details. Like it's, it's executed really cleanly and like super intentionally. So just wanted to, I just wanted to mark on that, that, um, yeah. Yeah, that, that embroidery is really impressive. Thank you. And at the end of the day, the pieces really aren't for everyone. We wanted to create something that's like, you either really, really love it or you absolutely hate it. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. people, and obviously we're trying to find the people that love it. And the cool thing is like, there's been some people that are like have hit us up and be like, I absolutely love your product. And same thing, we sent product to another store and he wrote a, an essay on how much he hated it. And, <laughs> and I respect that, you know, it's like, it's better to be ghosted, but ultimately um, to create something that has a, just a strong opinion in general from like, that's what we were trying to do. And yeah, no, we, we appreciate the honesty because we're not for everybody, but yeah. 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 I so. think any more like brands that understand that early on and, and just, uh, you know, welcome the fact that there's going to be criticism and like, like, we, I mean, we have it all the time. Like people are going to come in no matter what, where they come from, what background they come from, how much money they have, whatever their deal is, and they're still going to be, like, offended that Visvum exists. And it's yeah. like, yeah, but are you willing to hear about it? And if you, if you are and, you, and, and that changes your mind, then great. But I can also explain it to you and you can be like, I do not care what my clothes are dyed totally with. Totally fine. And that's also fine. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I, we say it all the time. It's like, you don't walk into, like... I can look at a Ferrari and be like, this is a beautiful piece of like art as much as it is, like, a utility-minded vehicle. But I am not... I cannot afford a Ferrari, yeah. And that's fine. You know what I mean? I can still love and appreciate it and not be able to afford it or whatever it is. And I think that that's what's interesting about clothes is for some reason people feel like the the, the fact that ever you have to everyone I don't I don't know how to like word it, but it's like it, everyone feels like they need to comment on clothing in particular. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no. We've we've definitely seen that. I guess as as you know, like any with any brand and we see it on other brands pages too and sometimes it's it's funny. Sometimes the designers like go in in the comments section with like people who are like trying to, yeah. to come at them, and I'm like, oh man, that's insane! Like, you know, you got like millions of followers, but you're like still trying to like you know defend from like this random yeah. ghost account. Um, yeah, that, that ain't cool, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but yeah, no, it's it's always like we we know that it's always like just part of the the growth, and I think it's maybe like we're going in the right direction because you're getting strong reactions. It's because people, I guess, care. Yeah. And I mean, we, like when we first started out, we were designing a, like, you know, a collection that was, it didn't have any embroidery. We never knew we were going to do it. 
you know, it's like we started out, we wanted to just do high-end basics. Um, and it was really hard because there was already so many established brands that were doing it. And um, it's hard. It's really hard to break into that. So we landed on, you know, I think the camp shirt was the, the first piece that we introduced that had embroidery and just wanted to really come up with something different. I mean, the market is so over, you know, oversaturated with so much stuff and, um, you know, all the, there's all these like DIY uh, design, like really great designers and they're creating really like amazing pieces and kind of the way I see like fashion moving is from a production standpoint, at least it's like, how do you produce something that feels like a one of one, but isn't yeah. like overwhelming, you know? Um, and then that was like the hard part to figure out. So we were like doing the camp shirt and then we did like, uh, that long sleeve shirt and then finally landed on like, all right, sweatshirts. I think that's something that we really love and everyone can get behind and you can do a million different things to it and make it exciting and then grow from there. You're kind yeah. of thinking even like getting in vintage, for instance, you know, it's a lot of like shirting, but it's like, if you're going to get a shirt from somewhere more often than not, you're going to like go to their site or, or find a, a stockist and, and get one of their pieces. Yeah. Like, you know what to expect fit wise, like every time you get something from them, it's, you know, it's predictable and we're kind of trying to be like where, you know, you, you get one of our hoodies. You're like, okay, I know how a Samuel Zalik hoodie is going to fit. I don't have yeah. to, I don't have to be concerned every season about the inconsistency of sizing and, and all that stuff. Yeah. 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 I, you know, I have a question for you guys and I don't know if you'll be able to explain it or not, but I'm going to tell you a feeling I get when I look at the stuff and you can tell me if it, if it, if that makes sense or if that's purposeful. Whenever I look at anything you guys have done and we've had everything pretty much from the start and it's like, as we look, as I look through it, for some reason, all of it looks very romantic to me, if that makes sense. Like, I don't know if it's because you're playing off of things that are sort of like vintage elegance, like the ballet or these like parties or like, you know, like these, these old portraits or like the cycling thing that feels almost kind of like it's the twenties or thirties. Does that make sense to you when I say that? Is that like purposeful or that's just something I'm reading on my own? No, it's definitely purposeful. It's, it has a lot of like, yeah, nostalgia, um, intertwined in, in all of the pieces. Um, yeah, we, we want, I think, almost to create artwork that would be in the style of around that time when, say, like that sweatshirt was in existence. So I, I guess it does come come out as, as yeah, like almost uh, romantic. And also to yeah. kind of create themes that contrast a little bit, like throwing a, a whole ballet theme on a, on a crew neck, but doing it in a kind of different way. Um, yeah, I just like, felt like we needed to do it. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know. Yeah, it's like thematically the artwork feels so like proper, but you're throwing it on like a sweatsuit. And, and maybe that's why I'm getting it. Maybe it's because it's like maybe it's because of that contrast that it feels even like you're getting. Sometimes I think when you add a contrast, like a high low or something, it like if if I have like you know, a pair of jeans and an Oxford on with a pair of like vintage Gucci loafers, like suddenly they're the star, like they're 10 times more elegant because you've put them with something simple. And I wonder if that's sort of what's happening with the design on site on like a sweatshirt or a crew neck, you know, whatever. I wonder if that, I wonder if there's, there's kind of that same high, low playing there. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And we, we definitely try and pour in a lot of our own, like just personal experiences into the, into the pieces and like, 
memories and, and all sorts of stuff. It's kind of like, I would say like creating music, you know, it's like, you just, it, it's, it's vague enough to where it's not too literal and somebody can kind of abstract their, like their own meaning from it as well. Oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Cause it kind of almost like ruins it sometimes when like the musician says exactly what the song's about. Like sometimes, uh-huh. Oh yeah, no, I agree. I agree. That's kind of what we wanted to do with all of our pieces. It, it just kind of, each one is its own song. Yeah. So, it's like so, you look at the gallery hoodie and, and we've had uh, a customer who asked actually if the 502 was uh, like an area code for, I forgot where, but he like owned a few of our pieces and he was so excited to like ask about it. And we were like, actually like 502 is the, the unit uh, number for like our studio, but it's so cool <laughs> that you had that meaning where you found meaning in it, you know? Yeah. And then it becomes more personal to that wearer. Like yeah. we love that type of thing. Yeah. And then Jonah from like black, I don't know if you guys know Blackbird spy plane. Of course. Yeah. Um, he's like, are you guys doing drawings of me on your, <laughs> 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 uh, some of the artwork. I mean, like me and him, we look maybe a little bit similar, but it's like self portraits almost. So I was like, okay. Uh, like self-portraits. I think something about like Dylan's art style and you know, it kind of, it simplifies certain features within a character. And when he'll draw ones that kind of have resemblance of like his hair, his beard and stuff, it looks, I, we were looking at photos of the, the guy and we were like, Oh my God, it is pretty, pretty similar. <laughs> so do you do art also? Like, do you do, like different types of art on the side. And I'm, I guess I'm asking because like, I, I don't, certainly I'm not self-expressing in the same way. I don't think anyone's self-expressing in the same ways, but like, I think that like what we do, a lot of the pro- creative problem solving we do and the content we create and stuff like that for the, um, for, for our business, I, I certainly think of as, as art to a certain extent. And then I also make music, um, and record and, you know, help people with make music and stuff like that. And that's like a different part of my brain do if you do art do you feel like it's like two are those two different sides of the brain for you because like for example like i i started playing music and and went down a path of making it a career and it just it it didn't work for me personally like it just wasn't i couldn't i didn't want that to be like how i made my life's earnings you know what i mean like i didn't want to i didn't want it was just, it was, it was complicated in my head for some reason. It sort of, but do you, do you see that as like, are, are those two separate things or do you feel like it's sort of, of the same? Um, that's a great question. Um, I think, yeah, when we create art in the, for work, it has kind of like, there's a frustration behind it. Cause we're trying to, you know, it's like, it's work. Like we're trying to get, yeah, of course. That one place and, um, I don't, I, I do like ceramics just for fun, but I like to do things on the side that are more like a, something that's different. That's like a little bit more freeing and not like a, I think it could get intertwined because if I start drawing at home, I'll be like, Oh, I should, we should put that on something. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's like, like that. Yeah. yeah. And I haven't really done like personal, um, any of like personal work for a while. I think occasionally I would go to, like coffee shop with some friends and we would just doodle. And, um, I don't know. I feel like my, uh, my art style of when I'm just free drawing is pretty different in most cases from the stuff that ends up on our pieces. Uh, so I, I think I I'm able to find a bit of a, um, a way to distinguish the two. 
Um, but, but I, I know a lot of like Dylan's personal doodle style. Like if he comes back, um, after, you know, like just filling up a sketchbook with like a few things. Yeah. Only like a number of things that I'd be like, oh damn, that would look great on a sweatshirt. Normally my stuff is way more like fucked up. Like, oh, he's drawn some real funny shit. (laughs) We'll never see the light of day, but like, yeah, just like, like, okay. Like in high school, like I used to. (laughs) <laughs> it was like you know like in super bad when like jonah hill's drawing all like the the dicks of course yeah. yes like, a veiny awesome. triumphant bastard yeah. <laughs> we had this teacher that like like had to leave for for some reason we got the substitute and i would just like draw him as like a giraffe like a different animal every day like a giraffe or like a, a zebra and just leave it in the classroom every day and it just got more like intense he never found out it was me but a lot of that i just like to draw <laughs> Or like funny stuff that we would yeah. never. Um, I would say that's my normal like art class. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So so in regards to process, so it sounds like it sounds like you kind of come with um, you know a log, if you will, of illustrations and ideas, and then or or is it the opposite? Like you guys might say, okay, we're doing a hoodie, and you kind of have a theme around it, or is it just kind of just what you guys have, and you just kind of riff on it together? and let the piece, uh, you know, come to fruition, however it does. Yeah, it depends. Sometimes we'll have like an idea for, uh, like a piece that has a theme or sometimes we'll just like, let's just create a bunch of artwork that yeah. is really like, uh, cool and kind of like pull inspiration maybe from like vintage photographs and, and stuff like that. Um, yeah. cool. then, uh, you know, create something from there. Um, but yeah, some pieces are like the, yeah, the cycling was kind of like, we're going to sit down and we're going to really nail what this would be and come up with ideas. And then the gallery piece was, we started with something and then it grew from there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sometimes think, it's like an editing down process where like the gallery hoodie, for example, I think we had like twice the amount of artwork um, ready. And then half of that ended up on the actual hoodie. Okay, sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Composition-wise and... Yeah, that was more like collaging. Yeah, and what, like, we felt told the story. So there's kind of different routes we take with, with each piece. Cool. Um, yeah, because I wanted to also mention what's cool is across all of these products, it definitely still kind of, like, screams you guys, you know, despite it being multiple different colors and different styles of illustration. And even down to some stuff's chain-stitched, some isn't, some just straight-up embroidered. Um, but, yeah, I was, I was curious about that process. But uh, I also just wanted to commend you guys it, it, for keeping the brand so cohesive. Um, I got the job here at Canoe Club, actually, uh, I used to be a sign painter on the side, so I painted the signage for Canoe Club. Um, and so I noticed that your guys' website, you kind of have that like handwritten font feel throughout the whole thing, which I think just kind of ties the whole brand together. Um, do you guys, did you guys create that font or, or did you like Yeah, it's, find just, it? uh, it's just my handwriting. Yeah. So we, sick. Yeah, we had um, just like a, pretty much just like a, a freelance and graphic designer just yeah. turned, uh, turned uh, Dylan's font, uh, you know, like Dylan's writing into a font and we've yeah. used that ever since. And it's, and it's really worked to kind of draw everything together. And yeah, Jonathan's uh, grandfather, who's an artist, um, he did our like logo, the, like the two uh, characters. Yes. 
Okay, cool. Yeah. I mean, I went to school for design and all that. So that, that definitely, I recognized that instantly and just wanted to kind of call that out. Cause I'm not sure that a lot of people would recognize how cohesive all that is, but having a font made of your, uh, of your handwriting is class really sick. Thank you. And I have so much respect for you. I mean, doing that, like the, uh, painting, like the signs, I mean, like I've tried just for like personal, it's mm -hmm. can't do it. It's the hardest thing. Yeah. Th thank you, man. I, I literally, so I, uh, I'm trying to, how you kind of mentioned balancing, you know, work with, uh, you know, expression and, and, and being artistic. Um, two, two, three weeks ago, I wrapped up like my last quote unquote sign job. I'm trying to go back to it being fun again. But, uh, that's, that was the biggest takeaway is like, God, it's fucking hard, man. Like people come up and be like, Hey, when is this open? And it's like, I'm just painting the sign, man. I don't, you know, what I'm doing is really it tough. It has to be perfect. Yeah. It, Cause somebody's paying it in like yeah, it's the their part. storefront. You know what I mean? Like, like for what it, we do is like, we try and make everything like look bootleg. So it's okay that it's like scratchy and uneven, but yeah. Like that, like that having that, um, um, just, yeah, that has to be like perfect. I feel like that'd be so stressful. Yeah. Like it riding yeah. on that perfection on that little articulation, because that's what everyone is looking for. Yeah. Yeah. We've, we've gone quite, we've gone quite the opposite with how it is. We do things. We're like, Oh, make it more fucked up. Like yeah, whatever. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's well, I, like what adds the character to it for us, you know? Well, guys, I just, you know, I know we've, I know we've already, already patted you on the back a little bit, but I just want to say like, I think that you guys you know, you never know how much it, what I guess what Chase is saying, what I'm trying to say is that you guys have clearly thought about the entire thing prior to doing just stuff. I feel like I, I see so many brands, the amount of emails I get about new brands, blah, 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 blah. I, hundreds, especially around show season and stuff. And none of, a lot of them won't stick out honestly, because it's like, I don't think this is thought through. If like, if I was give like a broad feedback to these brands, it's like, you didn't think about what you wanted to express and what was coming naturally, like what, like kind of combining what you're like, for example, what I say that I got into this because I was in, you know, the hardcore scene growing up and I really cared about like creating the brands and creating the, like I loved creating album artwork and selling t-shirts and doing all that stuff. And that's basically what I applied to doing this job. That's, it's not that much different. It's kind of the same part of my brain that I access. And, uh, and, but I think what it, it, so, so it feels natural to me. And I think that like your brand feels so natural talking to you guys about it and the inspiration, it doesn't feel like you're making anything up, which sometimes, honestly, when I listen to brands talk about their brand, I'm like, you're kind of making some stuff up here yeah. to make it a little more magical than it is. This is really just like, it feels like you guys have really created a brand where I think that you're living and breathing it, working inside of it, but also like I think that's just coming through in what you do. So I just wanted to say that I, you know, I think you guys are on the right track. I've seen what you guys have coming. It's really exciting. So as we wrap things up, I just wanted to say like, man, I, I think I think you guys are, are really are doing something really special that I that I know people are connecting with without even like really knowing the brand. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's a lot. It really does. You guys, because like we were huge fans of your shop. Yeah. Long before Thank we. You. Got in. I think you guys are really cap capturing something uh, uh, as well. Just, I mean, with all the, the how curated everything is and also just the general vibe. I and mean, we haven't been to the store yet, but you can really like feel the the vibe just from like the social media presence and, um, you know, the current offering. Yeah. Um, you know, like, we, we love like seeing all like the YouTube and kind of like anytime you guys have even 
shown our showcased our product um, through that lens, it's like we it's just the coolest thing for us. Yeah, it's like you guys are styling it in a way that I don't think we would have thought to do. And just hearing your guys is like um, opinions on the on the pieces. It's like just so fucking cool to see. No, I yeah. really appreciate that, man. I mean, that's the stuff that's really hard. Like, I, I think that is why. Um, multi multi-brand retailers can still be really special is when they have a unique viewpoint that is like 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 different from the designers i think that that's when like what you guys do becomes really special because you obviously have a viewpoint of how you want to express and how you want to show your stuff and how you envisioned it but i think when someone else can take that and flip it and remix it a little bit and it suddenly is like oh i wouldn't have thought of it that way but like you see it that way and now it's i think that's how things become a household name is you just see them so much and you see them in so many different ways and it still feels consistent and you're still telling the same story i think that's i I think that's where things get really special with with uh, working with designers and certainly why i think that we're doing what we do yeah so i appreciate that man as we wrap things up guys we got we got one more thing to do this is sort of a fun this sort of like a fun thing that we do at the end of the podcast i don't know if you guys have listened or not but so we call it hot takes i'm not exact we we've we've I'm not exactly sure what it is, but basically we throw out something and then you just get to have, you can have your harshest opinion on this yeah. or, you know, so, or an opinion that usually Timothy and I have harsh opinions. So they n- turn out that way, but yeah, 95% of the time we just ask each other hard opinions about like food stuff yeah. and then see how freaky the answers are. But this one's a little, this one's like a little bit off of uh, what we were talking about. So the question is if you could like, like you have to like, you have to, you can time travel to any decade you want to, but you have to like live in it. You have to like commit, like I'm going to live in this now. Yeah. Knowing that you guys are fans of like all these different time periods, what, what were, what decade are you choosing and why? Great question. Um, I'll go first. So you guys have a second to yeah. think like I really, even though I, I was too young to grow up in it proper, but I want to like be kind of like in my twenties in like, th- this is even that far, but like, middle eighties to early nineties, because I was a younger person and I had an older, like a, an older brother figure in my life who was like, like in his twenties during that time. And it like, the fashion was cool. Cause he was super into like metal and punk and stuff. And yeah. then like, and it was like, you know, the, there was TV, which I love, but it's not, it wasn't as like in your face. Yeah. And it was like, you could still drink a Coke and nobody knew that that was bad for you. And people smoked cigarettes and no one, people thought that was still pretty all right. All and, acceptable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it just seemed a little bit more carefree, but I still get all the modern amenities that I like. So that's why it's like, I just feel like, you know, there's a lot of denim at that time, which I, I, I care about. Yeah. So I really feel like that's, that's where I've, I've romanticized that to pieces. So that's the one for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I can get down with that. You guys yeah. got one? Um, man, that's tough. I think, I think I'm my, I'm almost going like the, the music route of who, like yeah. of the artists I want, would want to see in their prime. Um, <laughs> and, and that's almost what's drawing me to it. But then also, I think, that works. I think also, you know, I'm, I'm thinking too, just because of how I've Grown up, I'm like I, I want obviously like something of a similar lifestyle to to like where things you know where things are at. It's like uh, I don't think you know. I think less social media of a thing would be would be fucking great. I'm um, with you. I don't know. Maybe maybe kind of what like you were saying of like the the late '80s, you know, going into the '90s and and probably being around that time just because there were a lot of bands I would want to see at their 
at their best. Uh, Limp Biscuit, Kid Rock. <laughs> yeah, Limp Biscuit, Kid Rock across the board. Yeah, yeah we really are just like yeah. big fans of like early new metal. <laughs> yeah. Like if I were to take off my Samuel Zalik hoodie, it would be like these huge bootleg Kid Rock t-shirts that I was oh, making. Yeah. Where we really draw this from, funny enough. But I'm gonna throw you a curveball here. I think I'm gonna go 1470s. Holy <laughs> shit! I'll tell you why right now. <laughs> dinosaurs, right? Because there were dinosaurs then. Close. Uh, that can't be right. <laughs> I'm gonna go 1470s. I'm gonna go because I want to see what America looked untouched. I'm gonna go live with a Native American tribe. I'm gonna experience. I'm gonna live off the land and just vibe. Just fucking and not no 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 stress. You know what I'm saying? Just like. No rent. Yeah, no rent. Maybe just like grab like a piece of bark, go boogie boarding. Yeah, like, no. You know? Sick. If Most I got stuff. dropped into this time, there would I would have to commit suicide. <laughs> because there's no chance I make it more than three days. I don't want to eat anything off the ground. I've well, said that before. I, I would make it further than three days either. But those three days. It would be great three days. It would be phenomenal. Wildly stressed. Wildly stressed. I want to see the like, coast of California untouched. And I'm yeah. Like, I'm good to go after that. And, you know, you'll, you'll die from the scratch of like a yeah. little long time. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah you're, like, you're down for the count. You're, you're, you're literally living your last days looking at that amazing view. Yeah. Looking up at a looking up at a redwood. <laughs> yeah, you get a common cold and they're dead in two days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I'm like, where's the NyQuil? They're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, damn, you can't robo trip in the four, the fourteen hundreds. I I think I, I think I would split the difference. I'm thinking nineteen oh one. Turn of the century. It's probably you probably feel everything is brand new, you know what I mean? But you get you get the amenities of uh, you know, civilization albeit there wouldn't be cell phones and like you said no no social media no tv i think all that's sick maybe the radio was around by 1901 but i'm not totally sure but i i I could go back to a simpler lifestyle i still want to sleep in a bed with a you know with a roof but um but i I could be down with kind of like you know having fucking chickens and and doing the whole nine yards you know what i'm saying cowboy right yeah 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 cowboy although i envision myself probably being more i'd probably live in the carolinas in 1901 why why i don't know just i just i'm thinking like what's gonna be like uh built out and can uh not as much winter grow year round kind of situation if we're talking homesteading i'm building you know something oh in the God, woods here we go with here the we gar- go he brought it right back to garden you see what he does <laughs> but <laughs> i'm saying 1901 1901 yeah, you, back to like ancient greek times oh i wouldn't survive very long but, <laughs> but uh you're gonna have a good time yeah you know no they, i completely agree they seem to know how to party kill him, kill him now <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 you know what? I'll go back to any like same thing with like ancient Egypt. Anything where there was like opulence, I'll, I'll yeah. do that. Yeah. The thing is, I think it'd be sick for like two hours, and you'd be just, <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. Any of the yeah, anything before like honestly nineteen seventy, I yeah. feel like would just suck. But um, we've always said if we go back in time and just like nineteen thirties, nineteen forties, and just like grab all the Levi's we can. Any, yeah, like it, any, it would just be a dream to roll up to an old JC Penny and stockpile sweatshirts, yeah, yeah. and you're like, "Yeah, these are five cents. You want all these?" 
I love that instead of like going back and like investing in Apple or something, oh, which should yeah. be so much cheaper and more rewarding. You're like, no, oh, we're oh, just yeah, wearing clothes. Yeah, we share a brain cell, so it's like <laughs> practicality is out the window. Yeah, no, you're you're talking to two guys that share half a brain cell, so we we we're, yeah. we're, we're yeah. riding the same wave. Also, I want to change my answer. It wouldn't be the Carolinas; <laughs> it'd be Montana. Okay. All right, he's go. dead from a barren one day. Instead <laughs> of all those chickens, you're basically baiting yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, guys, yeah. it, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you. I feel like we could go way longer, but we try to keep it. At, well, we're doing okay. We're not doing bad. But guys, I, I really appreciate you taking the time. It's, it's really fun to learn more about the brand. I feel like some of this stuff that like you put down in product descriptions or brand bios or little things like that you can fit in where you fit in, it just doesn't get told as it does um, from the people's mouth. So really appreciate you coming on. Really appreciate you talking about the brand. And, you know, we, we really love what you do. And, you know, we're fucking with you. So thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, this so has been close. amazing to just, you know, talk, shoot the shit. It's been, yeah, been great. Yeah, come out right. and see us, fellas. Yeah, hell yeah, bro. All right, cool. Thank you, guys. All right. All right. Take care.